TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I'm your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, the ring announcer to the stars, and of course, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. Now, this week's episode is something a little different, but very special to me. With this show being around now for over a year, yeah, I can't believe it myself, I'm very excited to share with you the best of the Hashtag Miranda show. Listen as I'm joined by my co-host Greg DeMarco, you probably know him as the kingpin of thechairshot.com, to some of my favorite segments that show my unique perspective and overall love of professional wrestling. Now, before we get to it though, don't forget to follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. My co-host Greg DeMarco is at ChairShotGreg on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow the ChairShot at ChairShotMedia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, what kind of host would I be if I didn't tell you how else you could represent thechairshot.com? You can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and buy my shirt, the queen of soft style, and become part of the soft style army. That shirt, along with the OG chair shot logo, chair shot 316, hashtag save tag team wrestling, Baron Corbin sucks, and always use your head shirts are available on the site. And yes, you can order any of these in soft style. So get your very own chair shot t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. So for anyone who doesn't know, or maybe you've been living under a rock, your girl is a proud Puerto Rican, Boricua as we like to call it. So when AEW tag team Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, decided to give Chris Jericho a Puerto Rican gift basket, I had to give Greg a breakdown on all of the important elements of this awesome gift basket. What got to me is the Boricua gift basket from Santana and Ortiz. This, as soon as I saw this, yo, like... This this warmed my heart, especially in Thanksgiving. Uh, I spent time with my Puerto Rican family this Thanksgiving and just went around showing them the contents of this gift basket, saying, you know, do you see this? Is this is this not true? I mean, look, I get in professional wrestling, stereotyping is a delicate thing. Most of the time when culture is included in professional wrestling, it can be very tricky to navigate and it could be, you know, sometimes culturally insensitive, especially Puerto Rican culture. Um, 
has not always had the best reflection, especially on WWE TV. Um, so I thought the way that Santana Ortiz approached this in the segment was like beautiful. I just, as, as a native Puerto Rican, the contents in their gift basket is a hundred percent legit. Like there are things in this basket that I have in my kitchen that um, <laughs> said, yes, I do. This is amazing. So I sent a screenshot to Greg of Ortiz's. Well, both had them uh, on their Instagrams. Um, but I took, I think it was a, a screenshot of Ortiz's um, Instagram. And so in this Boricua gift basket, they presented these items to Chris Jericho and made him an honorary Puerto Rican, which I mean, they have the right to do do that. Like, you know, <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> you can be Puerto Rican, like you're knighted. You can be Puerto Rican by Puerto Rican. I mean, yes, es- especially I mean by those two guys. Yeah, I mean multiples help, but um, I mean they even bestowed him, you know, a nice like flag bandana, <laughs> and that's pretty much how you do it. I mean, it's it's a little known secret, but I wanted to share some of the contents of this basket with Greg to kind of give an understanding of Puerto Rican culture and why this is a true Boricua gift basket, uh, gift basket and uh, why people should expect Puerto Rican gift baskets uh, this holiday season. They're going to blow up, everyone. They're going to blow up. Now, they they didn't go over all the contents of the gift basket, um, just some of them, but uh, starting off with the introduction of the Vicks Vapor Rub, they didn't call it by name because of you know naming reasons. Of yeah, I'm kind of sad that they they, they black they had to black out so many things because I don't think you'd get in trouble. Like like yeah, they didn't pay for it, but I don't know. Who knows? Well, also in and I don't know. Maybe this is also happens in other cultures, but. In Spanish culture, the item ends up taking over the name. And what I mean by that is that Vix is Vix no matter what. Even if it's an off-brand vapor rub, it's Vix. So I don't know, if, you know, the people at Vix, if they found that out, like you put it on TV, they're going to want that money. So I get it why it was all, um, it was all crossed off, but yes. So Vicks Vapor Rub is the magical um, one-all solution to cure any sickness in in Spanish culture. Um, and <coughs> eleven. And it's stuff that I've had to use. I for sure have Vicks Vapor Rub because it has saved my life over the past few days. Um, also in there, of course, you have. The chancletas or the chanclas. And uh, those are just sandals, flip-flops. But as appropriately stated, they are a weapon. They are the original foreign (laughs) object. These are things that your mom would, if you mess up, if you act up, they are aerodynamic enough where they will fly across the room. It's easy to take off. They will hit you. I've gotten hit with the chancleta more than I care to, to admit. But yes, you can use it as a weapon. I'm Look, again, culturally, you we have to be delicate, but if I don't see some chanclas in an AEW ring anytime soon, this is going to be a wasted opportunity. 
<laughs> wasted opportunity. Okay, please. We'll have Who to monitor. We'll have to monitor Wednesday night's episode and see if they come through for you. We have to see. I mean, because it is a weapon. Yatu Sabes, like, you know, anyone who has a Spanish mom, grandmother, aunt, any, especially is the, is the female, like, that's their weapon of choice, you know. Of course, alternatives are like a belt, um, you know. Some people use branches, not not really. It's the chancla, the OG of, you know, original foreign object. Um, and then you have, of course, the seasonings. I'm looking at the pictures. I'm describing <laughs> this. You have the sazon and the adobo. These are essential Puerto Rican seasonings used for marinade food meat rice um and those legit i have in my pantry right now I which is funny since you don't cook so it's really funny that I you have cook. these in your pantry that's the thing it's i've just had it in my life my so they've probably expired and, and shouldn't be used no, anyway in the minimal cooking that i do do i use both of those items okay. and then you have a uh, cafe Bustelo, which is the uh, uh, Latin espresso, really ground coffee. Um, my family uses another version. It's called Cafe La Llave, which is just a different brand. But espresso, like real dark espresso coffee. Um, of course, Domino's. That's just the cultural way to, to pass time. Um, and then you have the guido, which is actually a instrument. It's a hollowed out gourd with lines kind of ingrained in it. And you use kind of a metal brush, a metal stick to run it up against the gourd. And you use it as a way to kind of make sound. It's an instrument. Um, and it's it's just a staple in Puerto Rican music and Puerto Rican culture. Um, so good, good on them. And then of course you have the picture of, of Hector Lavo, a very famous Puerto Rican musician um, from the seventies and eighties. Also new Eurekan, which is again, a slightly different version of Puerto Rican culture. I'm a West coast kid. So some of this, um, I wasn't so exposed to, but I mean, literally, I just took this picture around to my family and being like, this is, I mean, come on, this is hilarious, right? And they they all laughed. It was it was hilarious. So good on AEW for this. Um, this is, I think, it's a funny way to incorporate culture. Um, it wasn't something that I took offense to it. It was something that I laughed at. And you know, again, we live in a time where anytime you incorporate culture, it can be very, very tricky and you want to be sensitive to it. But also, you know, ultimately there's aspects of, of culture that are really funny because it's true. And all of the things in this basket, like, yes, 100 percent, I agree with. I mean, you do have the 40. Um, I mean, I think every culture has a little bit of that. Yeah, that's so. true. That's isn't you know that it's all it's all good, but uh, also again, 
this is more, uh, I think Excalibur had, had stated it perfectly that they had collected this all at their local bodega, which are, these are all things that I'm sure you can find a bodega in New York City. So um, there's a rundown, everyone, of your 40 equal gift <laughs> basket. Uh, here to tell you that these are all authentic Boricua items. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe for some of your friends out there, you'll get your own little Boricua gift basket uh, this this Christmas, you know. Be a part of the family. Ya tu sabes. Wepa. Wild card, bitches! Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. I took inspiration from one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Law & Order, when creating the hashtag Miranda Rights. It's a rule I implemented, well, because it's my show, in which I read Greg his Miranda rights and pretty much force him to say or do whatever I want. One of the most entertaining Miranda rights segments was when I made Greg fantasy book matches on the spot using names I drew out of a Halloween pumpkin. And I even took some of that Halloween inspiration for some of the names I included. So I mentioned that we're going to be doing something a little different. We're actually going to do a, a bit of a throwback. So I am enacting the hashtag Miranda rights on this video. Yes, the Miranda rights. This was uh, something that was developed early on in the history of the hashtag Miranda show. We haven't done it in quite a while. And uh, I'm very excited for it because it usually makes Greg a little nervous. Uh, for those of you who are new listeners, uh, the, the, the Miranda rights um, are when I read Greg his rights and essentially he has to do or say anything I ask him to. Um, sometimes it makes him uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a little weird, but it's always fun. So, Greg DeMarco. Fun for who? I, fun for who? No, for me, for the fans, and sometimes even for you. Uh, I've been teasing Greg. So we he always jokes about how sometimes he doesn't really know what we're going to be doing on the show until I tell him, and, and that's usually, like, what topics are we talking about? I throw it on him. I purposely didn't – I had a plan. I've had a plan now for a few days now, and I purposely did not tell him because I wanted to enact the hashtag Miranda rights on this. Um, and, you know, Greg is kind of – um, you know, he's he's mentioned before how he's a good booker and, and uh, he, you know, has a lot of creative ideas. So I'm going to utilize that during uh, uh, today's episode. Um, so wait going back. Wait, can I, I just, just want to jump in here before, because if I say it later, it might ruin it. This sounds like something I might actually like. I would say yes and no. I feel like you'll like it, but it will be, you know, a bit of a challenge. OK, I'm up for a challenge. Yes, yes. And, It'll be the uh, first time. Again, 
Yeah, I mean, you'll be better at this game than I am, and and maybe we can even do it in the future. I think this would actually be fun with multiple players. But, uh, you know, for the beta version, I think that uh, we can just start off with with this. Okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, so going back to the hashtag Miranda writes, Greg DeMarco, you have the right to uh, remain silent. Uh, Actually not. You you actually have to talk throughout this whole thing. Uh, Anything you say and do will be used against you during this show. Boom. You actually, that's like the most polished version of the Miranda rights you've had. Like, you really did plan this. You wrote that down. I really did. Yes, I'm really excited about this. You practiced so, in front of the mirror, too, uh, didn't you? You did. You we're going to, we're actually going to, we're going to play a little game. You want to play a game, Greg? I don't have a choice. Yes, you really don't. However, you um, saying you want to play a game, Greg, might have to become a soundbite at some point, because that was really funny. Yes. And, yeah, it was good. I was trying to go for that very Saw-like um feel you know psychotic at minimum that that should be one of the now the show snippets have become a topic on the show that should definitely be a show snippet right there yeah yeah us talking about the fact that it should be a a show snippet should also be part of the show snippet we're also going to just have a show about show snippets it's the most meta thing we've ever done and we've done a lot of meta shit on these shows so it's this is a little bit of a two-parter so first uh i have two little pieces of paper Okay. And I want you to give me the name of anybody. It could be a pro wrestler. It could be, you know, someone you know, whoever. Just go ahead and give me the two names so I can write them down. Two names. Okay. Yep. Two. Wait a minute. Okay. See, I'm trying to guess what the game is before I give you the names. Well, that's the fun part. You don't know. Okay. So I am going to go with. All right, all right, we're going to have some fun with this. Okay, so during the, the almost said the Greg DeMarco show, during Chair Shot Radio, we revealed that, I believe it was revealed on air, that I bought an 8x10 to have Brittany Nicole send it to Patrick O'Dowd. And we revealed that I overpaid for said thing, and, and by the way, support your indie wrestler, especially right now, please do it. Um, so for the first name, I'm going to do good friend of all the programs. Brittany Nicole. All the programs, true. Very good. Okay. Shout out to Brittany. And for the second name, we're just going to go ahead and do the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. All right. Why? Because you gave me a choice, and that's what I want. Yes. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. This is Britney's theme song on her podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, it's enough of that. All right. So we have Patrick O'Dowd and Brittany Nicole. Now I'm going to bring in the instrument, the tool for all of this, which is a Halloween bucket. That, I just want to make sure the listeners that is definitely a Halloween, a Halloween bucket. bucket. That looks like a four-year-old <laughs> would carry it around because it is the non-scary variety. Um, of course, how? Why? You know, people don't want to get candy from a scary bucket. You want candy from a nice bucket. So the person who three minutes ago impersonated the Saw movie on the air. Yeah. No. No. Yes. Exactly. I, you know what? I'm a complex creature, Greg. Um, that's just more proof. So. 
I'm putting these two pieces shoot, of paper in my non-scary Halloween bucket. Yeah. Also in this bucket, though, I did some prep. I actually did some prep. You there are other slips of paper life, in here yes, I with see them. other names. Um, most of these wrestling-related names. Most are current, but some, you know, uh, some not current. And maybe a few other wild card uh, names in there. Who knows? What kind of names? Wild card. Wild card, bitches! Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So, I don't know if you remember. This is something that we did a long time ago. And we uh, had a segment called Booking Backwards, where I looked ahead at uh, some of the tentative plans for uh, pay-per-views as far as what they had released to the arenas. Um, and we all know cards subject to change. Uh, but it was an interesting topic where we got a match and then we booked it backwards. So we knew what the, the match would be. How would we get there? So I figured we can do that to the extreme where I'm going to pull two pieces of paper out of this bucket. And Greg, you're going to have to book backwards. You're going to tell me how do we get to that match? Okay. All right. I'm All right. To, and you're just to give you a warning. Your video is frozen again, so if we drop and have to edit, we will. But I'm gonna get my trusty notepad out here and be ready for this. Yes. Oh wow, you're one professional. You're doing a notepad and everything. And a pen, because otherwise the notepad would be rendered useless. Oh, you're not going with a pencil. No, I'm going with a pen. Wow, Greg, that's that's a sign of a a confident booker. He doesn't he doesn't do any of this in pencil. I was introduced by at, at the most recent ICW show. I was introduced by somebody to somebody else as the guy with the pencil. Well, I mean, but now you're you're the guy with the pen. Yes. All right. So for our first match, we are going to have. Oh, I'm very excited for this. I don't know who's gonna come out of, of here. We have, oh, one of our wildcard members already coming out. Uh, the creature known as Frankenstein up against, oh, a fan favorite, Adam Cole. So you could see this. I really wrote Adam Cole. Can't see it because your video feed is still frozen. All I see is your oh no! Face. But I legit have a piece of paper, one that says Frankenstein, the other one that says Adam Cole. I want so, a picture. I want a picture of that. Just those two because it's so perfect. <laughs> yes. No, we're not going to do a fatal four way. There is a possibility of some tag matches coming because uh, okay. I did put some tags in here. Uh, I didn't want to get too complex, but tell me. I mean, this is a, really a perfect way to start this. How would you book Adam Cole? Versus Frankenstein. So if I were to book Adam Cole versus Frankenstein, if I had to book backwards, so is there a certain amount of time involved or am I just off the cuff? No, I mean, we, we, uh, may, let's, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe to make this easier, let's do it. Let's, let's do all these maybe short term. Maybe okay. this is the initial matchup, uh, against them. So let's do, you know, maybe three, three months behind. Uh, but this is the first time matchup. So this is not, you know, the rubber match or anything like that. First time, once in a lifetime, Adam Cole versus Frankenstein. So Frankenstein, as we all know, is not a current wrestling competitor. So we've got to get Frankenstein involved and, and, and get him in the game, literally. 
um, to, to make sure that we do that. And in fact, since I've said that, it gives me a good idea. We're going to get Frankenstein in the game via the game himself, Triple H. So we are going to set up a situation where Adam Cole has continued to successfully defend his NXT championship against all comers. Because as we've established on this and many other shows, he is the greatest wrestler alive today. He so is the longest reigning NXT champion. Of and he's just the greatest wrestler on the face of the planet. So, therefore, he, he can't lose. And so he is going to ask for the match. The match we all want to see. The match I want to see. And that is Adam Cole versus none other than Triple H. Triple H, however, is not going to give it to him. Now, in a rare moment of of, of just, just, just utter sheer stupidity, no one knows why, Triple H is going to advise Adam Cole that in order to get to Triple H, he's going to have to beat a litany of opponents. Those opponents are going to include the would-be member of Evolution that never happened, Mark Jindrak, (laughs) followed by Triple H's long-standing best friend and tag team partner. No, I'm talking about Sean Waltman. He will have to beat Sean Waltman. Then he will have to beat Shawn Michaels. And the final opponent that Adam Cole will have to go through before he gets to Triple H will be none other than Frankenstein himself. Triple H will go full batshit crazy. Full Vince Russo, bring out Frank, full WCW, bring out Frankenstein. They'll even call it Halloween Havoc. And it will be Adam Cole versus Frankenstein for the right to wrestle Triple H at TakeOver Vancouver. And, and I mean, I, needless to say, I may already know this answer, but who, who goes over? Who wins in this match? I mean, come on. He also wins the feud in the end, goes on to defeat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, goes on to defeat Braun Strowman for the WWE Championship, because we're going to jump him over to Raw, and win, hold all three titles for the next 27 years before he retires. <laughs> Fantasy booking at its finest, literally fantasy booking. Uh, where does the mummy come into play in all of this? You know, you talked about Halloween Havoc. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that the, the mummy did not make an appearance uh, talking about a wrestling legend. Yeah, you, you make a good point. Had I had more time, I might have found a way to involve the mummy. I'm sure if we're doing an event called Halloween Havoc, you know what? Rob Gronkowski can host WrestleMania. The mummy is going to host said Halloween Havoc. Wasn't the mummy really Kevin Nash? No, the mummy was Ron Reese. Oh, okay. The Yeti. Kevin Nash was Oz. Kevin Nash was Oz. Oz, okay. Unfortunately. I just, you know, I get my tall characters mixed up sometimes. There's so few uh, of them, I understand. So, so many of them. Um, I also would have done a tall game, like, you know, he has to continuously just beat tall guys, like, you know, giant um, Zala is, no, he passed away. He's dead, yeah. But, yeah. Ooh. I mean, we, we can't but, complain that he's dead when we were, were involving Frankenstein in the match. Yes, 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 no, but, uh, you know, all of that. So, there you go, Greg. I mean, I think you got uh, the rhythm of this pretty, pretty down pat, and out, I think yeah. that was a great way to start off this game of booking backwards. So, now, uh, tell me oh. this. Was Adam Cole, like, the first person you put in the bucket? No, actually, he was towards the middle. Uh, I don't know if you can hear this going into some ASMR stuff. I literally have this bucket, and I have all these little slips of paper uh, in here. So I'm trying to be as random as possible to get the best combination possible 
for you to book. All right, so we have our second second match coming up here. All right. Ooh, okay. So we're starting off with Becky Lynch. So I do have to say, I mean, this is this is anything goes. Anybody can get here. So Becky Lynch versus. <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to modify this one, but uh, I'd like this is uh, Becky Lynch versus the Fantastics. <laughs> um, I will let you choose if you want Becky Lynch to face the Fantastics by herself, or I can pull for her to get a tag team partner. No, no, I think we should leave this as a handicap. <laughs> Okay. I definitely do. I think we should leave this as a handicap match. And given their age, it would be the Fantastics who are at the handicap in this situation. Because here's what's going to happen, Miranda Morales. We're going to go to WrestleMania 36. And oh, it's going to mm-hmm. take place. It's our, It's already been filmed. We, are, we already know um, that, that it's gone down. It's been filmed. And much to the dismay of, of us with our picks that we made during Chair Shot Radio earlier today, Becky Lynch is going to defeat Shayna Baszler, and she's going to retain the Raw Women's Championship. And WWE, is they they love to do, you know, they love to bust out some nostalgia cards here and there. And as we head towards November, WWE is going to put on yet another edition of Starcade. This edition of Starcade is going to take place where it should, Greensboro, North Carolina at the Greensboro Coliseum. There will be way more than 6,000 fans in attendance, like we discussed last week on Chair Shot Radio. And in order to have that throwback situation, WWE is going to involve the Fantastics in said match. Now, Becky Lynch could have the opportunity to have a tag team partner in this equation because, I mean, she's Becky Lynch. And the obvious tag team partner for Becky Lynch in this situation against the Fantastics would be none other than the Messiah, Seth Rollins. But that's not how yeah. Becky Lynch rolls, mm-hmm. especially against yes, sir. two probably septuagenarians at this point in the Fantastics um, because they're old. And I'm keeping them in real time. So Becky Lynch and one of them. This is even, not, this is not fact, Becky t- time, time traveling to 1988, no. uh, which would be a fascinating uh, run, I would say. You know, putting Becky Lynch in 1988, the, the 80s wouldn't know what to do with her. It's essentially, I think, I think I'm revealing the plot of Wonder Woman 1984, uh, just to let everybody know. I feel like I've just, you know, I haven't seen it, but essentially just put Becky Lynch in the 80s, and that's like the plot of Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman movie. Bobby Bobby Fulton, by the way, is um, is is 59 years old, and Tommy Rogers is dead. So that's um, the situation that that we're in, and your feet is still frozen, but you're still there, so we're good. Um, yes. So really, this might just turn into Becky Lynch versus Bobby Fulton. However, we'll, we'll keep Tommy Rogers alive for this match. It will be Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton against Becky Lynch, and. and in Starcade, I mean, they are the nostalgia act. They're the act that everyone is paying to see. We already know. We talked about it last week during Chair Shot Radio. Greensboro, North Carolina, loves the Fantastics. And, oh, yes. Love I mean, they were over. O-V-E-R. Super over. Over. So they're going to get their shit in in this match. They are going to get theirs against Becky Lynch. But I don't know if you know this. I mean, I know you know this. But I don't know if everybody else out there knows this. Because they haven't really told us enough. Becky Lynch is the man. And the, the man, man. when the man comes around. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'm going to change things. Okay, so here's sorry. So this match is going to happen, right? Okay. 
And Becky Lynch is going to win. Becky Lynch is going to overcome. I mean, she is the man. She is the man. But then something interesting is going to happen. They're going to play the mutual respect card after the match. And, and, And Becky Lynch is going to have a very special announcement to make. The WWE is actually creating their very own six-man tag team championships. Their trios championships, if you will. And about Becky time. Lynch is going to offer the Fantastics the opportunity to team with Becky Lynch in the, the six-person tag team tournament to crown the six-person tag team champions. And when they win, they will forever be known as... Ooh, and that's how we get Becky back to Becky two belts. So Becky I know they three did. belts. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, she's carrying the whole team, so she may have exactly. all the belts. She's gonna carry all. Three. She literally, yeah, she may have to carry all the belts for them because they won't be be able to. But uh, you know, that's some that's creativity, Greg. I have to admit. I mean, that was some curveballs at you, uh, but you you booked that uh, uh, really creatively. And I managed okay. to get it to Fantastic Man. I mean, come on. Yes, like, yeah, no, we're that's that's a road I didn't even no think about. No one else on the planet would have done that, and no one else on the planet should have done that. So, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into another another match. I mean, who knows what comes out who of this what the bucket's gonna give us next? Halloween bucket, you know, will any of this be able to stump Greg? Who knows? Let's let's see. We have uh. Speaking of a blast from the past, Nikita Koloff making uh, his, his return uh, to, to the sports circle. Up oh, I against... got a good one. I got a good one already. Oh, I feel like this isn't going to be good. I'll make it work. <laughs> you pulled a different one, didn't you? I see I can't see you right now because you're frozen. This is even better. No, but uh, well, you pulled it I say this. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this goes. Nikita Koloff Versus Bailey. Okay. Current WWE SmackDown Women's Champion against wrestling legend Nikita Koloff. Uh, I mean, very similar to what we had in a way uh, in the last match, yeah. but you know, uh, also very different. You know, you have uh, this this new Bailey up against you know. I mean, when we were watching Nikita Koloff last week during uh, the first Clash of the Champions, you know, they really pushed him as a as a face. But you know, I mean, this is this is your pen. I mean, you book him how you want. You know, so uh, t- tell the people how would you book Nikita Koloff versus Bailey? So here's the thing about Bailey. Bailey's a big wrestling fan. Like Bailey is a fan of the sport, a fan of the business, and she absolutely Face loves. Bailey was. But ba- you, I'm I mean, I'm gonna let Bailey, you book it. I'm gonna let you book it, but I'm just, right? just putting yeah. it out there. Backseat driver over here. But, <laughs> but, but the human being behind Monday, the Bailey Monday character. Quarterback. The human being behind the Bailey character. You know, I don't like real names, so I'm not gonna bust out a Pamela on anybody, but the human being behind the Bailey character. But you did. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't even know what you're, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't about. even know. I don't even know. Nothing. If Greg is your real name. <laughs> Greg is my real name. Moran. <laughs> and okay. Continue. 
I am continuing. And so Nikita Koloff, I'm sorry, so Bailey's a big fan. So as they're building Starcade, Nikita Koloff is going to be announced. The same Starcade that Becky Lynch and the Fantastic will form Fantastic Man. Nikita Koloff is going to be announced as a special guest of Starcade. And Bailey's going to go crazy. Bailey's going to go so crazy. This is basically going to turn Bailey face again. That oh. she she's gonna grow her hair out, have a side ponytail. Right then and there, and like he's right gonna get there, from, like, from the like, the, like the Pinocchio telling lies. Like it's just Bailey. Just pfft, there goes the fucking side ponytail. And <laughs> short of Dusty Rhodes coming back to life and telling her to do it, that's what's gonna happen. And and Bailey's gonna be a babyface again, and the world's gonna be better because of it. Because soccer mom Karen is gonna be gone, and we're gonna have Bailey the babyface. And during the build, Nikita Koloff is going to start wrestling again, and he's going to have this random, nonsensical association with Bailey, except for the fact that she's a huge Nikita Koloff fan, and that's why it has to happen. And they're going to team. And they're going to team so well that they will actually at some point challenge the Usos, because we've established the Usos are probably going to win at, at WrestleMania, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And they're going to lose. And surprisingly, this is going to upset... Nikita Koloff to the point where he's going to immediately shave his head take off the t-shirt that he's wrestling in because old guys wrestle in t-shirts and reveal the uniform the Russian singlet that he used to wrestle in and immediately hit the Russian sickle on Bailey oh to set up their match at Starcade. Now, here's the thing about their match at Starcade. Vince McMahon doesn't always like things WCW or NWA, like a Nikita Koloff. And sometimes he likes to put his own spin on things. So Vince McMahon is going to book Bailey versus Nikita Koloff at Starcade in Greensboro, North Carolina. But he's going to bust out an old 80s WWF trope. It will be Bailey versus Nikita Koloff in a tuxedo match. <laughs> And Nikita Koloff will show up looking like a snack in his all-white tuxedo in his tuxedo match against Bailey at Starcade. And so who's gonna who's gonna win? I mean, who's gonna win this this uh, illustrious tuxedo match? Oh, we all win, Brandon. Yeah, that's. I mean, Nikita Koloff. Um, I mean, it's a family show. Uh, Bailey's gonna have to win. Oh yes, too. I mean, it, it's at the, the core too of uh, of the women's you know division. I mean, if you have really a no woman lose a tuxedo match to, to, to a man, win not a good not a good look. Yes. So, all right. So uh, let's let's do one more for for funsies. Let's see what comes out of this uh, magical non scary Halloween ball. Let's hope you know. I'm gonna cross my fingers. It's it's good. Um, maybe your picks will be in here. Maybe they won't. I don't know. That's why I, I left a little bit of people, your fate in your hands. People might be sad if the people we pick don't actually get used. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll throw a wild card round in there. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Wild card, bitches! So I'm really not looking. I'm really not looking. I it's still the same. I'm trying to be fair and equitable, equitable. So we have, ooh, uh, in the company of Frankenstein, we have the Invisible Man. Um, I do believe he's the Invisible Wrestler. I think that you know, it's a thing. It does exist? Um, versus Surfer Sting. 
I don't know why all these NWAs. I have more current WWE superstars in this than NWA. For some reason, the NWA wrestlers are coming out. I feel like you put in all of all of Clash of Champions one and no, I didn't. It was literally those. Those were the only ones. I mean, we may have to do a wildcard room, but anyways, uh, I mean, think about it though. Sing Surfer Sing specifically versus the Invisible Man. I mean, we talked we talked about uh, how Clash of you know champions uh, really you know made Sting's career. I'm very interested in seeing how uh, this this match uh, you know elevates Sting or does it? Does he get defeated by you know the elusive, by the mysterious, uh, by the unseen Invisible Man? Unseen indeed. So this one's a little difficult to get to. A little difficult of a story to tell, but we're going to tell it. We're going to tell this story. Of That's what wrestling's about. It's, it's telling the hard stories. That's why, you know, I pride myself as a booker. So I've got to be able to book the Invisible Man versus Surfer Sting. So here's what's going to happen. Miranda, in the modern day WWE, what is one match that everybody wants to see Sting wrestle? The one against the one person, or just like, the... yes, the one opponent. That, oh that yes, everyone wants the, to see the Sting one against. opponent. I mean, that's the Undertaker. Everybody that wants to see Sting versus the Undertaker. The Undertaker, and Sting wants it too. Like Sting wants it big time. We don't really know if the Undertaker wants it. He's never really said. Um, he's told us all about saving tigers, but he's never really said if he wants to wrestle Sting. And in the build-up to WrestleMania 37, an event that we're all very excited about in Los Angeles, California, assuming we're out of the corona coronavirus era. Yeah, who knows? We may we may be stuck in our houses uh, through uh, even next WrestleMania. God, I hope not. Um, I hope not. Anyway, so, so on social media, probably around December in the build-up to the Royal Rumble, Sting is going to begin to campaign for an opportunity to wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania. We all want to see it. Sting wants to see it. Triple H wants to see it. Everybody wants to see it. And it's we're going to head down that road. At the Royal Rumble. I don't know where the 2021 Royal Rumble is. I don't know if they told us yet. But Undertaker's going to come out. It's going to be very exciting. Big pop. Going to be unannounced. Undertaker coming out here. And then a couple entrants later... Here comes Sting. Crow Sting, by the way. Crow Sting will be coming out into the 2021 Royal Rumble. And they'll clean house. It'll be great. And then we get the big stare down between Sting and The Undertaker. The big moment that everybody's been waiting for. And they'll begin to fight it out. And they'll begin this, that. And then they'll be going back and forth. And other wrestlers will get involved. And they'll start to have to fend off everybody else. And in the heat of the moment, The Undertaker will eliminate Sting from the 2021 Royal Rumble. Now, Sting will appear on Raw after Royal Rumble, because it's almost as important as Raw after Mania at this point, and request a match against The Undertaker. The Undertaker will come out on the stage and inform Sting that he's decided to allow his career to rest in peace, retire after the 2021 Royal Rumble, and Sting gets no match. Not giving him the match, man. Sting will become dejected. Look down at his feet. Look back at the stage and the Undertaker will already be gone. And look up to the rafters. And week in and week out, we will see shots of the rafters during Raw. Expecting to see Sting. 
But we won't see Sting. We, we won't see Crow Sting up in the rafters. And they'll show video packages of Sting and The Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. And The Undertaker saying no. He's decided to allow his career to rest in peace because apparently the Royal Rumble is how he wants to retire. I don't know. Not WrestleMania, not Survivor Series. The two that would make sense. And we continue to look in the rafters and see Sting. And finally, after whatever Saudi Arabia pay-per-view replaces Fastlane again next year, we will be focused on the rafters. But Sting won't be there. And yet out comes and and then oh this is this is so appropriate like you can't even can't even plan these things better. This will suddenly play over the arena PA system. Shut up! And out will come Surfer Sting. And Surfer Sting will not be happy. And Surfer Sting will look up to the rafters and explain to everybody that we have spent the past month and a half looking in the rafters at none other than the Invisible Man. Oh. That the Invisible Man has stolen Sting's gimmick. And that he is now challenging the Invisible Man to a match at WrestleMania 37. Night one. WrestleMania 37. <laughs> but yes. the Invisible Man must don the Crow Sting face paint and the Crow Sting jacket. The Invisible Man, of course, he, he did this for an opportunity. Like, like he, you know, one shitty match. He's been waiting GCW, for this. One shitty match on a GCW show did not make the Invisible Man happy. So he needed to have his moment at WrestleMania with Sting in Los Angeles. At SoFi Stadium. I think that's the one in L.A., not in Vegas. I don't know. But anyway, at WrestleMania, out comes the Invisible Man. However, Sting, the one time in his career he's actually smarter than his opponent, outsmarted the Invisible Man because the Invisible Man wearing the Sting's jacket and wearing Sting's face paint can now be seen. And that allows Sting to continue to locate the Invisible Man. And one Stinger splash and one Scorpion Deathlock later, Sting is victorious at WrestleMania 37 against the Invisible Man. But wouldn't you know it, Miranda? Wouldn't you know what happens? The moment Sting is victorious... What happens? We hear the gong. (gasps) The lights go out. And out walks The Undertaker. What? To look at Sting. And it's revealed at Raw after Mania 37. One year in the making, it'll be Sting versus The Undertaker in both men's final match at WrestleMania 38, which will take place at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> we got to make good man, on that Man, that, that twist with the Invisible Man being the person up in the rafters, I mean, that that just hooked me. That, That's why you that couldn't just, see anybody. They weren't actually filming an empty rafter. They were filming the Invisible Man. Yes. So I have a few lightning rounds. Uh, we'll just do a few. I'll, I will pull two names out, and you would tell me who would win in a matchup. Okay. Uh, some of the most ridiculous ones are out there. Uh, I may ask you to elaborate a little bit more if I'm very intrigued by your decision. Okay. Uh, and, of course, I I joked pretty much all my NWA names are out. So these may be, you know, maybe more normal matches, but who, who knows? Um, it's, it's good content. So we're going to take Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Versus oh, I not all my interviews. Watch out for there. Keith. 
So we have Keith Lee versus uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. I mean, who who would you think would uh, win in that match? Well, I think the match will probably be ruled a no contest because Keith Lee will pounce gorgeous Jimmy Garvin into the fourth row. And yes. that'll be the last we ever see of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Yes, yeah. Jimmy Garvin's done. Bye. We miss you, Jimmy Garvin. Uh, next we have Murphy. I know he is injured right now, but again, hypothetical booking. Uh, versus Mike Rotunda. <laughs> Mike Rotunda. Murphy will lose to Mike Rotunda in an amateur style match that only requires a win. <laughs> in the second he round. He gets a one count. He in will, the second round. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to see that for Murphy, but I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised. He wouldn't understand the rules because they're different in Australia, so it's okay. Yes. Does that means they're backwards? I'm not quite sure. But, yes, uh, it's, a, it's a three count, but only the number three. Like, it's just because they count three, two, one. So it's a three count. Yes. Uh, in this fun match up here, <laughs> we have uh, Seth Rollins versus one of your best friends, Patrick O'Dowd. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I'm sure I've pr- very, you know, astutely established this on this program, but Patrick O'Dowd's a giant pussy. So <laughs> kick to the shin, curb stop, I one, mean, two, three. Could he have a fighting chance? Could no. he have a fighting chance? No. Never. Seth Rollins will step on his foot, kick him in the shin, curb stomp, one, two, three, it's over. Like, that's that's it. And I will be sitting back there saying this. <laughs> Johnny Idiot Face. Oh, <laughs> uh, if he doesn't call him a Giant Idiot Face after the match, I mean, like, what are we doing? Johnny for? Idiot what Face. Is, what is this for? Uh, another lightning round. This is actually a decent one. Uh, this this is one of the ones, maybe not so decent, but I mean, this is kind of more of the quote unquote normal ones out that I put in here. Uh, Bill Goldberg, Bill Goldberg versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, Daniel Bryan would win the match because a spear yeah. into a yes lock is just like the most obvious thing that you could ever do. So yeah, yes. Daniel Bryan. yeah, I, and, I could never. Daniel Bryan would. I could never totally be Goldberg able to outlast Bill Bryan. Goldberg. In a yeah, he, like, he, he would just run around the ring and make Goldberg chase him, and then Goldberg would just pass yes. out, and Daniel Bryan would win without ever touching him. So. Yes. Which you might have mm-hmm. to do in the coronavirus era anyway. In fact, it would be a coronavirus match. They wouldn't be allowed to touch, and Daniel Bryan <laughs> would somehow win. Uh, and then uh, last of the uh, – oh, this. This is the masterpiece. I feel like this is what we've been waiting for. This is fate coming together. We have Brittany Nicole versus The Fiend. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, we got to make sure she hears this. So, yes, no, I mean, like, I feel like this is fate came together. This really is. All, all the right things in the universe for me to pick out those two specific names. Just lower it so it's just on the back. Be- so because, look, if I, if, we're talking, I, I'm going to throw my hat into this, you know, I'm not much of a booker, but I feel like this match particularly speaks to me. I mean, a Firefly Funhouse match. If anyone's going to do well and survive in that, it's going to be Brittany Nicole. But here's the twist. Here's the key to this match. Brittany Nicole is going to, there's going to be a revelation for the fans in this, and there's going to be a revelation <gasps> for The Fiend, and possibly even for, no, she's not Sister Abigail. Damn, man! Why you have to ruin that for me? Sorry. I thought that was gonna. There is no boneyard, and she's not Sister Abigail. No, no, it's better than that. 
she is the one person who can control the fiend. She will come out in her best, you know, New Orleans old school outfit possible. Yes, bring that voodoo magic, mama. I will send an eight by ten to Patrick of and have her sign it again, like she did the last one. And we will. She'll come out, and, and and the fiend will be mesmerized, and there will be because it's a Firefly Funhouse match. I'll let you have that. There will be footage of Bray Wyatt confused as to why the fiend is no longer his monster, or no, no, even better. So Brittany Nicole will begin to control the fiend, thus releasing Bray Wyatt from the fiend's control, and we will get back the original Bray Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt. That had all the fireflies. Eric, Luke Harper will actually return to WWE. He's going to come back. We will reform the entire Wyatt family. Braun Strowman will go back to being mentally challenged. Daniel Bryan will put the jumpsuit back on after beating Goldberg. We will have the Wyatt family in its fullest form. And they will feud with the Fiend managed by one. Brittany Nicole. And by the way, the match Brittany will win because she will very easily control and instruct the yes. fiend to lay down. She will pin the fiend. One, two, three. And we will mm-hmm. have our victor, Brittany Nicole, over the fiend in your main event of WrestleMania 37. I'm excited for that. I know WWE fiend. listens to this, so let's just let's just give the people what they want, you know? And, and let's have Brittany Nicole versus the fiend. But I mean, yes, I just feel like the Firefly Funhouse match is, is built for matches like this and uh yeah if there's anyone who can can take the fiend it is Brittany nicole absolutely yes yeah you're welcome so we've had enough fun for for one night uh that ladies and gentlemen has been a special edition of booking backwards you're so- welcome I've come across some very interesting people during my time as a ring announcer, one of them being Albuquerque-based independent wrestler Hobo Hank, who was featured on Vice's Local Legends digital series. Listen in as we talk about his unlikely rise to fame and some of his more interesting merchandise. And yes, I am talking about the famous Hobo Hank panties. I knew a man Bojangles and he danced for you In worn out shoes Silver hair and ragged shirt and baggy pants The old soft shoe He jumped so high He jumped so high And then he lightly touched down Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very, very exciting guest on the show today. Someone that I have known for quite a few years now. And no, it's not you, Greg. Um, it is a, I would like to say, you know, personal friend of mine, someone that I've admired, someone that I've worked with uh, over in New Mexico, the one, the only, the legendary Hobo Hank. Hobo Hank, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Miranda. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. Yeah. How does a hobo find internet access, uh, you know, uh, when you live in an alleyway behind the frontier? Are you, well, you, know, the are you at a Starbucks? Library. Yeah, at the, the public- library is a place to go. 
Well, I really so much appreciate your time and uh, you coming on this show. Um, You have been someone that I have announced before over at Destiny Wrestling Organization, DWO, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, And you are just a well-known figure in New Mexico, so much that you were recently featured on a Vice documentary uh, called Local Legends. Uh, titled Wrestling Hero by Night, Chili's Manager by Day. Uh, can you tell the fans a little bit about just your wrestling background and experience? Sure, yeah. I, uh, well, I've known you for many years already, yes. When did you start with DWO? Oh, gosh, that was 2017? Yeah, it's been a, been a while now. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I started wrestling. My first match uh, was in, well, I started training in 1995. My first match was in 96, so I'm 23 years in now. Um, but I've traveled all over the Southwest. I've wrestled for dozens and dozens of promotions over the years, some that aren't even with us anymore. But uh, a lot of time in West Texas, um, El Paso, Amarillo, up and down. Uh, of course, across New Mexico, Colorado, a little in Arizona. Um, so, uh, luckily came across destiny wrestling and I joined up with them in 2008 and that's where I spent the majority of my career, uh, here in Albuquerque anyway, was with the DWO fans. And, uh, it's been a pretty cool ride. I love wrestling here at home and, um, I don't always get the opportunity to do that. Uh, but when I do, I, I love that very much. Can you tell us a little bit about what was the experience like filming this video for for Vice? Um, because it sounded like it kind of came out of nowhere, but they found you. Um, can yeah? Can you kind of share with us like what was that like? Sure. Yeah, it, it did come out of nowhere. Um, I got a call one morning. Uh, they had been on my website, hobohank.com, and. Um, got a hold of my phone number, called me, uh, here at my house. And to be honest, I, I wasn't quite sure what vice was. Uh, I don't watch a lot of television or documentaries or anything. So, um, but yeah, he explained to me, his name was Ike. He was a producer with vice television network and that they had been, um, kind of keeping an eye on my career for the last few months. So they were over there Googling what's going on in Albuquerque, what legends there are in Albuquerque. And I, lo and behold, I guess I popped up. So, uh, the way he described it was they have a boardroom over there, uh, somewhere in the Bronx and they would put up my YouTube videos and there was a whole committee watching Hobo Hank videos and, uh, cheering along. So they wanted to fly out and do a, do a piece on me and see what all the hoopla in Albuquerque was about. Um, I, I did a little background check because I'd never heard of them, didn't know what this was all about. Uh, and I certainly couldn't see why they wanted to to uh, do anything of that magnitude with me, but it was what it was. So uh, we agreed and actually set up the event specifically for that, that filming. Um, it, you know, it was, it was tough. There was uh, some time constraints there. They had to, to film within a certain week. They were going to be in... in uh, kind of around the area doing some other filmings down south so they were trying to lump it all together while they were traveling through and you know everybody in dwo made it happen um called in a lot of favors pulled a lot of strings and the fans turned out in force to support it so thank you to everybody that made it happen 
Yes, the the environment there was just mind blowing, and this came after kind of a hiatus that DWO had had. They had been out for about six months, so to have this show kind of come back up um, and have you be the star of it, I felt was very much like DWO and very much like Albuquerque. Can you tell us a bit about what it's like to have that kind of fan support and connection on a on a local level? Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, when you start in this business, um, it's kind of what you're hoping for. You know, you hope that you can learn to connect to people. Um, you know, it, it takes years just to get the fundamentals down and and to get in the ring every night and not kill yourself and not kill the guy you're wrestling. And, um, there's a lot to it. And, but then there's the the emotional aspect, getting your character across, and and just trying to uh, to tell good stories and and whatnot, and um, you know it just it's one of those things that kind of happens over time, I guess. Um, but Hobo Hank has just been a larger than life character. It wasn't my idea. I wish I could take credit for it. Um, hopefully, I brought it to life the way that it was intended, and. Uh, it it works really well. I mean, it connects with kids. It connects with adults. Um, I think it's just the common man uh, that people see in Hobo Hank that uh, draws them to that character. So I love it. I'm glad to, to be a part of it. And I have a great time every time I get in the ring. I see that from my perspective, that you truly are a man of the people. That is part of your entrance, um, which is a is a pretty funny aspect as far as uh, how you, you come through. You don't just walk the ramp. You always walk through the crowd. You high-five people. You accept food from people. Uh, <laughs> you have your sign that's – your sign says, we'll wrestle for food. Um, and people will literally – bring food for hobo is not for them to eat. They'll have, you know, their own food to eat, but they'll specifically have candy bars and popcorn and hot dogs and all this random stuff to give to you as you're entering in the ring. Do you remember when that started to happen? Um, you know, it probably started, uh, my third, third or fourth match back in global championship wrestling, which goodness, that would have been back in 2000. Um, just after introducing the character that, that, like I said, about third, fourth match, I'd come out and people would hand me beer. People would hand me dollar bills. Um, and, uh, every, every new organization or company that I worked for didn't take long for the crowd to kind of catch on. Um, you know, the, the crowd, I remember being a kid going to see wrestling and I would be seven, eight years old and, and I'd buy third row tickets to go see the WWF when they would come to town and um, just standing there on the entryway and getting to put your hand out and touch a wrestler and touch their arm or high five or just that little split second of being involved in the, in the show. That was the coolest thing ever. And I never forgot that. And in a way to me, it humanized those guys. You know, once you've shook somebody hand, excuse me, shaking somebody's hand um, or touch their arm, you start to think of them as a real person. And as they're, you know, wrestling and, and, and getting hurt in the ring, sometimes you tend to sympathize with them because they are a, a real flesh and blood person. And that's a lot of why I go through the crowd every night is so that people can see, 
up close and personal that, um, you know, we're just human. And, um, and hopefully that brings them a little bit into the show. And, and I think they have a lot of fun with it. You've also incorporated things that people have brought uh, to you in your matches. Is there one or two items that stand out uh, of things that you've gotten from a fan that you've actually used in a match? Um, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of hardcore matches over the years and, and, uh, you know, I've been handed championship belts and of course people give up their chairs and they put their feet up so I can use those as weapons. Um, you know, I don't know where it came from, but I do remember, uh, a prosthetic leg one time and I think it was a mannequin leg. I hope I'm not sure, <laughs> but this mannequin leg kind of appeared, um, uh, just prior to the show and it was kind of it was kind of brown in hue you know it was a little darker colored skin tone and so uh we thought it resembled hulk hogan in <laughs> in his tan so somehow we came up with uh some yellow and red duct tape and we went ahead and dressed it out we put the yellow duct tape for the boot the red duct tape for the knee pad and we we stuck that in my green bag that I carry to the ring every night. Um, and the guys bet me that I wouldn't do it, but I did. And it was <laughs> one of the greatest moments of my career. Uh, near the end of the match, I pulled it out and I used it for the Hulk Hogan big boot and leg drop to my opponent. And the crowd thought that was pretty amazing. Oh, that's rich. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who knew uh, utilizing a, a prosthetic leg and, and turning it into Hulk Hogan's leg. I mean, it's just art. It's really art at this point. Do you still have the leg? You know, that's funny. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago. I have no idea where the leg wound up after <laughs> huh. that. It was like a one night only thing, but it was it was pretty uh pretty priceless. The fans don't know it. The best things are the things that either never make it to the ring or you know, they're just kind of one offs that wrestlers discuss beforehand that uh, nobody else would get. That would be one of them. If someone has the leg, can you please return it to Hobo Hank? Uh, we got to have it in, in the trophy case, in the history books uh, of of Hobo Hank. So can you please return it to him? That would be very nice. Thank you. I'll pay for shipping on that. If you ship it back to me, I will take care of that. No problem. So the Vice video, though, isn't your first brush of fame. I remember all of the hoopla that came when you were featured on the Edge and Christian uh, podcast, their, their podcast of, of awesomeness, um, after your, your match with Tommy Dreamer. Can you tell us a bit about that whole series? Because you blew up after that. I did. Um, yeah, that, that was another really uh, amazing thing that kind of happened in my career. Uh, I've had quite a few over the years, so I've been very fortunate. But um, yeah, wrestling for DWO, um, we had done. Uh, we have, let's see, we'd done quite a few shows that year, and uh, they had decided to bring Tommy Dreamer out for a show in May, I believe. Um, I was the champion at that time, and I had actually wrestled. Uh, quite a few names over the last few months. Um, you know, Sergeant Major from WCW, and I uh, wrestled Rob Conway uh, from WWE. 
Um, but they decided to bring Dreamer down and wanted to put him in the ring with me one-on-one for the uh, heavyweight championship. And it was kind of a, you know, I was a little concerned uh, actually going into the match, not because of Tommy, because uh, I'm sure I knew he was a great wrestler and we should be able to have a good match together. Put together, we'd been doing it 115 years. So um, my concern was that I was a, I was a face and I was the champion and Tommy coming in, he was also a face and I knew the crowd would be behind him in a big way. Um, because if he was to win the belt that night, that means he would be back in DWO month after month. And they added another stipulation that if I lost, um, Matthew Robles, who was my arch nemesis and the biggest heel in our company at the time, if I lose, he has to leave the, the company for good. So rightfully every DWO fan should have been cheering for Tommy and, uh, have, should have turned their back on me because if I lose, he's there and, and Matthew's gone for whatever reason they didn't. Um, they still stood behind me solid that night. And, and, uh, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of good response and, you know, Tommy and I just kind of hit it off, you know, in the locker room, we talked a lot and he, um, you know, his words, not mine. He had a lot of respect for, for me and what I, what I do here and the, the crowd response that I got. Um, and he said, I gave him one of the best matches, one of the easiest matches of his time in the independence for sure. <clears throat> and he said, I was his favorite independent wrestler. So, um, he, uh, he wanted a pair of underwear. So I sell the hobo Hank underwear with my face on the front. He wanted a pair of those for Biola and, uh, I was happy to oblige. And we traded eight by tens. I signed an eight by 10 for him. He signed one for me. Uh, we shook hands and I, I kind of thought we went on our way, you know, but it turned out that he had sent a promo that I shot to, uh, uh to edge and to Christian, uh, and to road dog from WWE. He was the his talent, uh, acquisition manager. And I think it was a week later. Uh, I, I got a message from the producer of the ENC podcast that said, we'd, love to have you on the show. You know, Tommy's going to take a week off and uh, let's get you on here and let you talk about some indie wrestling. So uh, prior to that, Tommy had done an episode about his match here in Albuquerque with me and put me over like crazy. I mean, he went on, he went on uh, record again, said he was, I was his favorite indie wrestler and that he had a great match and a great time in Albuquerque. So can't thank that guy enough. He put me on the map uh, big time that night. I, yeah, I just remember the buzz around your involvement with the Edge and Christian podcast after that. And you had mentioned that you were getting requests from everywhere, from all over the world. Um, and I'm glad you you mentioned the, the panties because I have to admit, um, I, I do own, I still own my pair of Hobo Hank panties. <laughs> I don't remember if you if you remember giving them to me, but I still have them. Well, that's great. I'm I'm glad <laughs> you wear them. You wear them often, I'm sure. Yeah, they're they're in the rotation. You know, I I only use them for for really important days. Um, it's it's my lucky pair. So um, you know, appreciate it. And it's it is a unique piece of piece of merch. Like, I mean, who who else has? you know, underwear with your face on it. 
it's uh, I was a trendsetter for sure. <laughs> do you still sell them? Are are they a hot commodity? I do. I do still sell them, and um, it always boggles my mind when I go to a town. And I've been wrestling on the road now for a bit. Like you said, DWO has been on hiatus. Um, so uh, me and my good friend Thunder had to actually get some miles behind us again. We started going back out to West Texas, and I got a match in a couple weeks. I'll be headed up to uh, Colorado. But I'll go to a town that I've never been to, ever. Um, a small town, and um, you know, I'll sell three or four pair of Hobo Hank underwear. I don't know if that's because of the podcast. I don't know if that reputation precedes me or if it's just, you know, people need underwear in small towns and there's not a lot of uh, retail. <laughs> but whatever it is, there's a lot of ladies in little tiny towns that wear Hobo Hank underwear, I guess. Wow, leaving your mark across the country. One, oh, did... <laughs> one person at a time. <laughs> but I think it, it's a testament to to the figure, the 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 wrestler of Hobo Hank. What would you hope Hobo Hank Hank's legacy is? You know, not to say that you're hanging up your boots at any time, but with being such an important figure in New Mexico wrestling, your popularity, you know, what what do you hope the fans, what do you hope people remember about Hobo Hank? Um, you know, I, I hope uh, I hope Hobo Hank gets remembered uh, first and foremost for kind of helping to keep wrestling alive. I, I mean, not single-handedly by any stretch, but when I started again 90, 1995 there were probably four active professional wrestlers in the state of new mexico so few and far between long gone were the days of mike london and terry funk and you know koat7 and all that um so there was a couple of people that really did keep the sport alive during that time and up until um you know now it's where dwo's carrying that short torch so I think I'd like to be remembered. I'd like to have Hobo Hank remembered for that. Um, and more than anything, just somebody uh, that was willing to give it all, you know, to really go the mile in the ring. Um, you know, it may make you laugh, make you smile, uh, you know, and have a good time, but that could also be very physical and, and really just leave everything out there blood and sweat and tears and, and just just to entertain the fans i think you've certainly done that you have made me a fan i don't think i would be the fan and the announcer i am today if it wasn't for your influence and your support um and your leadership you you really have been viewed as as a leader um and you just embraced people in the business, um, but also the the fans. I think you truly have a connection with them, and they. I mean, you you are a legend. Simple as that. So I really thank you for your time this evening, Hobo Hank. Um, you mentioned that you have some matches coming up. Let fans know where you're going to be over the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to be working uh, a show up in Los Los Animas, Colorado, uh, somewhere near La Junta. I've never been there, um, east of Pueblo. That's on uh, November 9th. 
and uh, that is all I have slated right now. I've gotten some interesting offers since the, the Vice documentary came out last week. I'm getting some private messages from some companies in uh, Jersey and um, up in Washington. So, wow. Um, Hobo you know, traveling. Yeah, hopefully more to come on that. I'd love to get, get to uh, some places I've never been before. Um, I still need to go out in your neck of the woods. I haven't been to Arizona in forever. So I, I know there's a lot going on out there these days. Yeah. If, any, if anybody needs a hobo to fill up a car, let me know. <laughs> we'll put the good word out there, hobo, because we love to have you in Arizona. Uh, for everyone listening, you can go view Hobo Hank's video from Vice TV. Local Legends is on YouTube. It will be linked in the description on social media. Um, and Hobo Hank, where can people find you on social media? Because you... I mean, also have social media, surprisingly, for a hobo. I do. Um, yeah, you can go on Twitter. It's uh, Hobo Hank ABQ. Uh, on Facebook, also Hobo Hank ABQ. And uh, let's see, on Instagram, I am the real Hobo Hank. Because you're the real Hobo Hank. Yeah, and the easiest place to find me, HoboHank.com. So that has links to all my social media. And, of course, you can buy your own hobo hank underwear right there on the website i mean what else what else do you need what else do you need you can get t-shirts through pro forward slash the chair shot then you can get your underwear from hobo hank you're pretty much set for clothing absolutely well again hobo Thank you. I miss you, man. Thank you so much for being on this. Uh, I'm so excited for you, for, you know, everyone who's who was involved in Vice. But again, a huge thank you for being such a fantastic, fantastic wrestler um, and and safe travels wherever you go, living the, the life of a hobo. Well, I appreciate it, too. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And keep me in mind, get my name out there in uh, Arizona. I could use the it's a little warmer over there these time of year. Thank you for joining me on the best of the hashtag Miranda show with over 50 episodes in the books. I cannot believe I hit this milestone, but I know I wouldn't have gotten here without all of the listeners. So thank you to anyone who has listened to the hashtag Miranda show before. If this is your first time, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are a returning listener, well, thank you so much for coming back. Now, I will be back next week on audio and video, so make sure you stay tuned to thechairshot.com to see when the latest episode drops. I'm Miranda Morales, and you know what? Make sure you are always keeping it soft style. <laughs>